Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'm Chanae Ogwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History final. Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh yeah, so easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome to the Full Slate Sunday Scaries podcast brought to you by our good friends at Indeed, Bet Online, and Monkey Knife Fight. I'm your co-host, Cody Darrick, joined by my brother out in Chicago, Tyler Darrick. Tyler, week eight, and uh, not really fun. Last week was Sharp's week. Going into this week, we knew it was a tougher slate, and it just punched me right in the face. Uh, yesterday, I battled in college football, came up on top, so I was happy about that. But today... NFL week eight just knocked me out. Yeah, yeah. Last week, everything was so clear. It was incredible. You know what happened with Seattle on Sunday night. We don't have to rehash that. Um, but this week, just not just not the same. Even starting on Thursday night, right? It seems so obvious. Carolina, definitely a square play, but you had to give it a shot. Teddy let us down. And then uh, today was just kind of nonstop jabs across the face it was tough the only thing that gives me solace is knowing 
uh, I root for a top program in college football now in the country, so it's great having that. But as far as the NFL went, it was it was a tough day. Yeah, yeah. IU now we're we're what thirteen, Tyler? Thirteenth big game next week versus Michigan, who's twenty third. Um, so if you get that win, another solidifying big step for our program. In our ESPN had us in the top ten of some power rankings, which is wild. So Hoosiers are starting to put people on notice a little bit. So it's great rooting for a team like that on Saturdays um, to kind of break the fall of what was a really awful weekend for the NFL. Mm-hmm. Are we going to be favorites versus Michigan next week? I don't think so. I think we'll be like three, three and a half point underdogs at home. It could be completely wrong, but I still think Michigan gets that respect as they should in Indiana. Obviously, still a newer team to the spotlight, but you know, I was, I was impressed they got the win yesterday versus Rutgers just because it felt like such a typical spot for IU to let down, but they played well. The defense continues to play well. The secondary really is incredible. Um, Taiwan Mullen is a true sophomore in their secondary. He was rated the best cornerback by PFF coming back in the Big Ten this year. Um, he's going to be a first-round pick next year if he continues to play this way. He's incredible. He had two and a half sacks, two and a half tackles for loss. His brother plays in the NFL on the Raiders. Um, he's, he's amazing. So I'm, I'm excited for next week's Michigan game. I, I think that's another game IU can win. Mm-hmm. Starting to smell the roses here a little bit, but Tyler, I'll let you get started. What's your Sunday scariest moment? So my Sunday scariest moment feels like the Chargers have gone under the radar with how incompetent they, incompetent they are winning games because the Falcons this year have just been on another level. But today the Chargers blew a 21-point lead. They lost to Denver in the final seconds. Chargers have lost three straight games now while leading by 17-plus points. Um, they're the first team in NFL history to do that three games in a row. Their second team joining the 2003 Falcons to do that three times in the season. Also, today was the third time since 2010 that they held the lead by 14 or more going into the fourth quarter and lost the game. That's the most in the NFL during that span. So Chargers, they reminded everyone today that, you know, they're they're still one of the best teams at blowing leads, kind of showing up the Falcons in that aspect. So Brutal loss for the Chargers. As someone who has their win totals under on the year, I'm happy because this team is two and five, and uh, those stats I just mentioned, they could easily be five and two, four and three. So I feel lucky that I've uh, been able to escape with these L's so far. Yeah, it's crazy. The graphic Sports Center tweeted had the last four games, they blew a 17 point lead. Three games ago, a 17 point lead. Two games ago, they blew a 16 point lead, but still held on to win today 21 points and it is true like every single year back when Philip Rivers was our quarterback they're always a talented team that felt like they kind of underachieved and blew big leads like this we're just used to this I, I do feel bad for Chargers fans out there I think there's maybe so there's three IU football fans we'll say there's five Chargers fans out there um but it's week in week out um they just find new new ways to do this it's incredible, and I mean, they have a franchise guy, I think, moving forward. I think Justin Herbert's the real deal. Three touchdowns in this game, but it's the same old Chargers. They're up 24-10 to 10 late in the third quarter. They pick off Drew Locke in Denver territory. They have first and 10 at the 24, and on third down, uh, Herbert throws a pick. Char- or Denver goes down, nine-play drive, scores a touchdown, makes it one-possession game. Like If he just doesn't throw that pick and they extend the lead to 17, 
basically going into the fourth quarter. You think they have the game in hand. The defense plays well until the end. It's just typical Chargers. And I remember when we were previewing the season, and one thing people like to go off of for win totals is rating that I know Action Network puts out, and the Chargers are one of the unluckiest teams on that. But it's the same, like you said, it's the same thing every year. They're always, oh, talented if they just won this game or that game. Them and the Falcons are the same team. Um, so nothing has changed. And, I mean, Anthony Lynn, I don't know. He's It seems like the players really like him, but I don't, I don't know what the Chargers do. I feel like you're just stuck in this mode if you keep him around. I don't, I don't know what they do, but just a brutal loss for them. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, Herbert's been the real deal since he's taken over and kind of was vaulted into the starting role after Tyrod. They had the whole issue with his lung and the shot by the doctor there. Um, my Sunday scariest moment, there are definitely a lot of nominees here. I'm going to go one with that's a little under the radar, I think. So I saw Ben Fox. He tweeted this. A uh, friend of the program, he came on. So the New England Patriots – Today, since they lost to the Bills, they've lost four straight games for the first time since 2002. Since the start of the three NFL season, there are 284 losing streaks of at least four games, and New England had none of them, which is just insane. That's 17 years not to have one. Seems like Cam kind of got his best shot in on Seattle in uh, on Sunday Night Football early in the season, and since then it's been a disaster. The Bills, are they good? I don't know. Uh, I don't think they're that great, but um, the bottom line is this Patriots team is washed up. Edelman's out. Uh, they have nothing from their run game. Sonny Michelle and Akil Harry, high draft capital they've used. They trade the second round pick last year from Mohamed Sanu. He's not even in the league at this point. So just all in all, a uh, sad state of affairs for the Patriots. So if you're if you're a Patriots fan, you don't even know what this feels like. Like, welcome to the rest of us where it's like, yeah, NFL Sundays are mostly heartbreak. Yeah, I, I don't feel bad for them. Um, but that losing streak stat is pretty wild, and they gave they gave a great effort in Buffalo. Buffalo started off the season nice, and people are like, "Oh, is this you know the best team in the AFC? Possibly is Josh Allen MVP? They're they're a nice team. They're like that wild card team. They might they'll probably win the division this year. Um, that just like always makes the playoffs. Kind of like what the Texans have been the last few years. Like they make the playoffs. They're a solid team, but I don't think. At this point, they have any realistic Super Bowl chances. Too many close games, and the defense defense just isn't as good as it was last year. I don't know what happened there, um, but yeah, Patriots. I don't know what they're gonna do. I don't people of like coaching a tanking team. You know they're gonna play hard, and the coaches are gonna put together a decent enough game plan to keep them in some of these games. But they're I don't know what they're gonna do. Um, Cam hasn't thrown a touchdown I think in his last three games. That Seattle game just remains very bizarre, what, like what happens to him there. Um, so, yeah, t- tough sledding for the Patriots, but they're not getting anyone's sympathy. No, no, definitely not. Uh, yeah, the Bills, I think when we were in Denver, I used one of uh, a free bet at one of the sports books for Josh Allen MVP future, and that has mushed his, his chances. Um, so sorry to Josh Allen. Uh, but, Tyler, there's a couple of great games on the slate this weekend. Let's start with probably the premier game going into the week and it definitely lived up to the hype Steelers Ravens Steelers hold on uh, spread in this one was three and a half 
Baltimore was home favorites. Steelers win 28-24, so they win as an outright dog. We kind of continue to see this trend of out like basically low outright uh, favorites, uh, or sorry, dogs winning uh, on the road. Um, Lamar Jackson again, a big spot here. I know they beat the Niners last year. They beat the Pats on Sunday Night Football, but the last few times that come to mind, he has not lived up to the hype. He's 13 to 28 in this one, 208 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, fumble that killed them. And you look at it. I mean, they lose uh, their left tackle, Ronnie Stanley, who they just signed to a massive contract. So that's a huge blow. Um, but they, I mean, you look at the stats in this game, it's pretty wild. They have 457 total yards compared to the Steelers only have 221. Very reminiscent of that game versus the Titans where they just totally outgained the other team. Ravens had four to- turnovers. Steelers only had one. And ultimately, it's basically what it came down to in this one. Um, so, Todd, congratulations. The Steelers, uh, you were on the right side of this one. And, I mean, the Steelers right now are really in the driver's seat in the AFC. They're 7-0, and and their schedule is pretty favorable the next few weeks. Yeah, I mean, they start off the game with the pick six, and it's looking great. Ravens come right down and score, and throughout the rest of the first half, the Ravens kind of dominated. It was 17-7 at halftime, and the Steelers could get nothing going offensively. They had under 100 yards at the half. They open up the half with the ball. They punt it. You think, okay, Baltimore has all the momentum in this game, and then Lamar gets picked off again, gives the Steelers a short field. They go down and score, and that kind of swung the momentum. I mean, uh, I think you mentioned it. Like the Steelers got outgained. The Ravens outgained them double. Uh, they ran for over 265 yards, but turnovers killed them. They had four. Steelers only had one in this game. And like you said, another game versus a big team where Lamar, there are question marks. Can he make the big throws? Hollywood Brown was upset after the game. I don't know if you saw this. He tweeted, What's the point of having soldiers? Soldiers when you never use them in in parentheses, never he deleted it, but obviously he's, I don't, I don't know if he had a catch in this game. Yeah, he um, did. He had a touchdown. Yeah. He had, he had one catch for three yards touchdown, only you two watch, targets. You watch uh, the game. Yeah, I did. I, you know, I, I had a lot. You watch the game, Rico. <laughs> a lot of Pablos, but I was watching the game. I must've missed that play, but again, one catch, three yards. Not like he tore it up. Only two targets just continuing a trend where we're seeing the Ravens versus tougher defenses kind of struggling. And it does raise questions whether Lamar in a passing situation can win them games. I mean, the drive where they went down and got stopped on fourth down at the end of the game in the red zone, they ran the ball down the entire field. It wasn't like Lamar's throwing it. They, you know, J.K. Dobbins had a great game, uh, 15 carries, 113 yards, averaging seven, 7.5 yards. Gus Edwards, Lamar ran it well, but he had the fumble, so... Again, we're going to have to see, can the Ravens win a game with Lamar passing, having a ride on his arm? We still haven't seen it, so we'll see how that goes. And as far as the Steelers, I mean, great win for them, getting basically a two-and-a-half game lead in the division, right, now that they have the hand up on the Ravens. I still, if I was power-ranking the AFC, I still would give the Chiefs the slight edge just because... I think if the Steelers get behind in a game, they got behind in this game, but the defense got them back into it. If the defense is, say, struggling in a game, can big can they ride Big Ben uh, to get them you know, back into it? I'm not sure if he still has that. So I do yeah. give the slight edge to the Chiefs at this moment, but Steelers are awesome. And Mike Tomlin, I feel like 
it's always kind of discussed. Oh, is he actually a good coach? He's a really good coach. Um, so he's got them rolling uh, after this week. Yeah, I mean, that team somehow managed to go like 500 last year with basically guys as good as us playing quarterback. And you look at the Steelers' schedule from here. They play at Dallas next week, then uh, home versus Cincinnati at Jacksonville. Then they have a rematch versus the Ravens on Thanksgiving, and then they play Washington after that. So, I mean, this seems in prime position to get that one seed in the AFC, which would definitely be huge for them so that they can kind of play into their just generally playing to their uh, their advantage and playing defensive-minded football. Um, so that was one where you were on the right side. I was on the wrong side. The late game, Tyler, probably the most exciting late game since the 49ers stunk today. Uh, the Saints-Bears, an ugly one. Uh, the Bears were like somewhere between four, four and a half, as high as five I saw it this morning. Um and Nick Foles did Nick Foles things enough to cover and like be feisty, but ultimately the Saints ended up winning this one. Tyler, uh, the the one of the highlights of this one, the the video that's going viral on Twitter, that guy just running over, uh, what's his name, Mims, mm-hmm. J- Javon Wims, uh, cornerback on the on the Bears, runs over and starts just wailing on on the guy on the Saints. Kind of like what happened to us, Tyler, after we tweeted out our picks this morning. Some guy, Tim, on Twitter replies, the most boring puts-to-sleep podcast I have ever listened. No idea who Tim is, but similar. You know, that, that hurt my feelings and just didn't really start off the Sunday on a good note. If Tim's listening, um, I didn't appreciate it. Words do hurt, and I guess he was right. He knew where our picks were heading today. He wasn't um, wrong. He wasn't. But, yeah, uh, Javon Wims on the Bears, just such, like, a weird, dirty play. The play before that, uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson on the Saints stuck his fingers into Anthony Miller's uh, face mask on the Bears, and I guess he was, like, defending his teammate. But, like, the way he did it, he, like, tapped him in the face, and then was just, like, well in punches like it was just it was so weird is dirty just a really bad look for a guy who isn't very good i'm all forced you know you could stand up for your teammate but the way that it was very bizarre and this bears team is just so weird i've said it before they're eight games into season i think every game the, the fan base has wanted to switch quarterbacks mid way through the game and then falls like it was in uh, the end of regulation. He gets sacked. They have, like, third and 20. And then he just throws an absolute dime to get them into field goal range to set it up. For the every time. time. Yeah. Every time. That happened. They're down 10. They get the touchdown. They get the defensive stop. It's just like this team just weirdly finds themselves staying in games when it feels like Bear fans hate them throughout. Uh, Matt Nagy, you know, as um, we talked about on the Pick'em Pod, not the greatest offensive play caller. His coach of the year in 2018 continues to look more bizarre. But let's give the Saints credit. This was a good win for them on the road. Still no Michael Thomas, no Manuel Sanders. And when it felt like kind of the sky was falling earlier in the year with them, they're 5-2 and two right now, and they've been missing those guys for a few weeks now, and Thomas basically the whole year. So they're starting to round uh, into shape. Yeah, yeah, they definitely are. I mean, they basically rely on Kamara. You look at Breeze throw the ball, it's a bunch of ducks going out there. But then the, at the end of the day, he's getting the job done. He was 31-41 today. Uh, hold on. Yeah, 31-41, 280, 
two touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, that's the big thing with him, right? And they continue to ride Kamara as just this all-purpose guy, get him 20-plus touches. He ran 12 times for 67 yards, caught nine passes for 96 yards. A, a heavy Taysom Hill day, Tyler. Five carries, 35 yards. He had a touchdown, even touchdown. I just like, I don't know, I'm ready for Jameis to be cut loose. Like, put Jameis in L.A., let the Niners play him twice a year. Yeah, I would, lo- I would love to see Jameis playing, but Breeze, I think they won, what, five in a row, right? Um, they, no, they beat the Bucks week one. Four in a row. Yeah. Uh, but they play big game next week, Sunday night football at the Bucks, and they play the 49ers the following week. So those are two big games in a row. Um, I, I, I still think that we'll see next week, but I still think the Bucks are better than them at this point. But... For them to get to this point, it feels like pretty impressive. I don't know. Missing Thomas for all this time is huge. So to be able to get him back and whatever is going on there get straightened out, I mean, I think this team could uh, be pretty dangerous. But let's move on. You mentioned L.A. potentially changing quarterbacks. Um, Rams-Dolphins, one of the most bizarre games <laughs> I've ever watched. Weirdest um, stat sheet you'll ever see. Yeah, the Rams had 31 first downs compared to the Dolphins' eight. They ran 92 <laughs> plays compared to 48, 471 yards compared to 145. They had time possession 36 minutes to 23, and they lost 28 to 17 in this game. I tweeted on uh, Friday, I was requesting a change in my pick. You told me I wasn't allowed to, so I stuck by it. Um I'm upset I didn't ride with my guy, Tua, just lefties sticking together. It's not like he won them this game. He's 12 of 22, 93 yards a touchdown. But Jared Goff, I mean, in the first half of this game, was absolutely terrible. He had two picks. He lost two fumbles. And I just, like, it was unreal how terrible he was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were three-and-a-half, four-point favorites in this one. And it seemed like, I don't, I just don't know what the deal is. There are certain weeks he comes out where, He's hitting on everything, but it seems to be like if a team can get the slightest amount of pressure on him, he gets happy feet, and it's just an absolute disaster. Anytime you have a quarterback that throws 61 times, it's probably not going to end well. But this was one of those games where it's just like, I mean, early on, Tua gets sacked by Aaron Donald. He fumbles. Rams go up. It's like, okay, this is like the Rams are kind of, it's going to go according to what we think. And then they just, again, hit with a flurry of punches. They get the defensive touchdown. They get the, the, uh, the punt return for a touchdown. And it was just off to the races. I mean, this Miami team is feisty. They're four and three. And you continue to look at the AFCs, right? Like the Jets and Pats are dead. And, uh, the Bills, like, we need to see more of Tua, obviously, but like, I really like Brian Flores. I kind of sneaky trust this uh, Dolphins team to be feisty and at least be competing for that last playoff spot. Yeah, he's an awesome coach, and I heard someone talk about it, and another reason why I wanted to switch to the Dolphins. Flores was the defensive coordinator in the Super Bowl two years ago that helped kind of shut down Goff, um, Patriots, Rams. So he clearly has his number. And like you said, Tua gets popped on his first possession rams come yeah, down like well, welcome to the nfl yeah seven nothing i was like okay this game's gonna end and then goff throws a pick in their own territory just an awful pick somehow he misses christian wilkins who's like a 300 pound defender throws it right to him they come down miami they score two as his first touchdown pass 
getting some momentum. Then the Rams punt, pin pin the uh, Dolphins back in their own end zone or back towards their own end zone. Miles Gaskin fumbles, then the Rams pick it up. Feels like okay, they're gonna walk in, touchdown, and then two pl- a couple plays later, Goff fumbles. And they return it for the touchdown Miami. Then they get the punt return touchdown. Just like in a matter of moments, everything swung when it felt like the Rams could take control of that game. Um, too many mistakes. I mean, the Rams did it this week where kind of all those mistakes shot them in the foot versus 49ers. They made a couple of mistakes. Uh, what was their other loss? Um, the Bills. Yeah, the Bills. They got down big in that game and they lost. So they've, they've had some strange losses and it feels like every year – Miami just has a game at home where, like, the statue looks this way, where they get outgained and the other team kind of controls the game, but somehow they win. I feel like every year they have this game. Yeah, like that, this, Pat, that Pats game, the Kenyon Drake play. Mm-hmm. In the second half, they had one, two, three, four, five. They had six possessions of Dolphins, and they punted every time, and they won this game. Every time I looked, I was watching it closely in the first half, and then, you know, just through red zone and stuff and on my phone, I felt like the the Rams had the ball the entire second half, and they still couldn't come back. So really good win for the Dolphins. And like you said, Goff, I mean, you get a little pressure in the guy's face, and he completely craters because I thought on Monday night versus the Bears, he looked decent, and he's looked decent this year. But yeah, it's when, it, when he's good, he, he's good. When he's bad, it's really bad. So it just depends what day you catch him. Yeah, yeah. Should we even talk about the 49ers Seahawks? We should. We should. Okay. Um, one to forget. We're on to Green Bay. Yeah, it's a terrible game. Um, and there's just like it's like a weird vibe. Didn't you think like Seattle just didn't play any noise in their stadium? Yeah, it was. Some weeks it feels more noticeable than others that there are no fans there. Uh, but I think especially just given the fact that it's Seattle and it's normally such a part of the game, it was just really really odd. And I mean, everything kind of fell apart as soon as they had the Jarek McKinnon wildcat play on the first drive on third and five made no sense. Jimmy G threw a terrible pick on the next drive. And then from there, they just like, uh, I don't know. I mean, they scored, they go up and then Dante Pettis, he fumbles on a kicker turn. Like just it all, it all unraveled very quickly. And now Jimmy G's limping off to the locker room. Tevin Coleman's hurt again. George Kittle went back to the locker room and it's a short week versus the Packers who just got their brains beat in today by the Vikings. So like, they'll be ready to go. Um, so yeah, it's not, not a great state of affairs, but this is what happens when you lose games to the Eagles and the Cardinals games that you probably should win. Uh, so yeah, it's not great. No, it's not great. And I mean, the game starts off, they get Seattle, Seattle starts with the ball, they go three and out. You're feeling good about that. 49ers are driving. And like you said, on third and five, they run a wildcat play with McKinnon, Ayuk. like whenever we ever McKinnon sucks. He's so slow. He stings. I don't think Hasty was anything special. All I heard this week was how Hasty was going to tear up the Seahawks. He looked fine. He's a pretty small running back. I didn't think he was anything special. Um, but they drive down. They do a wildcat play in third and five. It's like, why would they do that? Like, that's what bad offenses do. Do these stupid wildcat plays. Well, Shanahan, he never does that. But then they give the ball back to Seattle, and they, they force them to punt again. Like you said, Garoppolo throws an awful pick. Then DK comes down and scores that touchdown. I mean, DK Metcalf is an animal. Uh, it felt like the 49ers covered him pretty well, but he's just making every catch. He's just um, too good. But then 
49ers come down, they score a nice aim in a drive. Seattle responds. 49ers get a stop on defense going into half. So they're only down 13-7. It did feel disappointing they didn't get any points on those first two drives. But, you know, they're only down six. And then just felt like in the second half, they just came out with no energy. I don't know what happened, but it was a one-score game. You feel like you're in it. They go three and out. Seattle scores. Pettis fumbles the kickoff, and it was done. I mean, Dante Pettis is the softest player um, in the NFL. And there were rumors they were trying to trade him. I don't know what you're, you'd get for him, but if he, he's been in the doghouse, I feel like, his entire time in San Francisco. And after that fumbled kickoff, he's uh, only going down deeper into that doghouse. Um, so really, like, just it's like a disheartening game because you thought they would come in, like, super amped the way the last two games go when you're playing Seattle. Huge game. And also the way the games in the NFC played out today with – um, the Rams losing early, the Packers losing, like, it felt like, okay, this is shaping up. If the 49ers could beat Seattle, like, they're right back in it. Um, so, disheartening loss. I don't really know what happened. I think it starts with Shanahan just kind of, like, over, like, thinking how to attack the Seattle defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, uh, it wasn't great. They obviously missed Debo Samuel, but it's still... I don't know. It was a weird game. Not a not a great week there, but let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back with our Lock of the Week recap and uh, Grandpa Billy's Bum of the Week. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you could still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You could get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid only through September 30th. All right, Cody. Now let's move on to our lock of the week recap. We were both on this Raiders-Browns game in different ways. I had the over at 52.5. You had Browns uh, minus two and a half in this game. Uh, both were losers. Um, this was an ugly game. The wind in Cleveland was crazy. The goalpost was shaking. Um, not not a great game for either of us. Yeah, is your bum your uh, meteorologist sources? No, you know that was that was a mess on my part. We're in November now. I need to be better with the weather. You know, first weekend where we really did see it kind of impacting some games in the Midwest and the East Coast, but. You know, you look at the game, I felt like both these teams were driving pretty consistently. There were only three punts in a game where there were only 22 points scored. 
Um, but just they were just running the ball and eating a ton of clock. There were two touchdowns overturned. I thought both were pretty questionable. Um, so I felt like good that I was still kind of right that neither of these defenses are good. I just think with the weather that the over was dead from the minute it started. I mean, I saw the first cut to it in red zone, and the Raiders missed the field goal, and the goalpost is literally shaking left and right. I was like, this has no chance. They're not going to be able to throw it. Also, Raiders go down, miss the field goal. Browns get the ball. They're in the red zone. Tight end fumbles is like in yeah. the red zone. It's like this. I have no chance. Yeah, that that was a bad omen for the Browns. I thought from the get go, I was like, okay, cool. Raiders missed the field goal, and also that that first missed field goal by Carlson. It was like a wiffle ball pitch, like when you throw the slider that just goes right to left. Uh, it, that was nuts. Yeah, this Brown scene, they just shot themselves in the foot. I tweeted it out. Like the Raiders followed the game plan that I thought the Browns would follow. Uh, they were dominant on the ground. I mean, steady dosage of Josh Jacobs, 31 carries, 128 yards. Um, you look at the stats for, for the game generally, I mean, the Raiders just kind of took care of business. The passing game was basically non-existent on both sides of the ball, but they've rushed the ball for over 200 yards on this Browns team. So that helped them with time of possession. They didn't turn the ball over. They had fewer penalties. And I think ultimately that's that's what it came down to. I mean, the bigger thing is, too, and this will tie into my grandpa Billy's bum of the week. These Browns receivers killed Baker Mayfield today. I know his stats weren't good. He's 12 of 25. They're without Odell. But Jarvis Landry, the touchdown he dropped, that that play's got to be made. I know it was windy out and raining and sleeting at points, but like that catch just has to happen. David Njoku missed a massive play late in the game. I think it was either a third or fourth quarter. A crossing pattern that definitely could have went to the house. The guy's a beast of an athlete. He just dropped it. The pass literally hit him right across the numbers. Um, it would have been a huge play. I think it's likely a touchdown. Um, but doesn't happen. The Raiders end up winning. And, like, both these teams to me are just, like, fringe playoff teams and will be the benefit of that extra playoff spot, one of these two. I think the Raiders are probably better after what I saw today. I think their defense just did a better job with this uh, Browns rushing game than I anticipated. Um, and uh, they continue to be feisty, even even with John Gruden at the helm. And Joku's just that guy, like, the tight end in fantasy every year that has, like, such great athletic uh, you know, in our tangibles, but like OJ, never... OJ, like OJ Howard, OJ Howard, Ladarius Green going back a few years when he was on the Chargers and the Steelers, like a guy oh, who always gets hyped up and you're like, I'm just going to pick him up. And this is the week he goes off for 20 points in fantasy, but you can't put it together though. I, I know the drop you're talking about. That was terrible. Um, so right now the Browns are five and three in the seven seed Raiders and Dolphins are both tied at four and three. Um, obviously, both of those teams have had their buy and I mean, out of those three teams, I feel like I've watched like a decent amount of the Raiders and the Browns. I do think the Raiders are better. Obviously, they beat them today, but I just have more faith in Derek Carr to make some throws in Baker. Um, and the Dolphins are are frisky. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna hang around. They're really well coached. If Tua can turn into something here, I think that's actually like gonna be like kind of an exciting um, race to see who gets that additional wild card this yeah. year. In the AFC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, the David Njoku drop was a backbreaker. I didn't think Baker played like that poorly. I know his numbers weren't good, but the weather was crazy. Like David Carr's n- numbers weren't good either. So I don't know. Good. 
Good win for the Raiders. Bad L in lock of the week. Got to get back. Three, four, and one now in the season. You are six and two. Uh, but yeah, you got to get out from below uh, 500. So that's back to the drawing board, Tyler, for week nine. Yeah, I knew I was in trouble when I looked at the board again this morning. I saw the the Browns total had dropped from 52.5 to 47. I was like, I must really be in the shit here. So that was a bad pick by me. Did not take the weather into consideration. So I apologize um, there. But let's move on to our Grandpa Billy's Bum of the Week. Uh, wrap it up. I'll go first. Um, my my honorary, what are you going to say? Mine's David and Joku. Oh man, my honorary, my honorary grandpa Billy's bum of the week. Um, did you see the score of the LSU game uh, yesterday, perchance? Uh, yeah, so they're losing forty-eight to three. I didn't see the final score. Yeah, they lost forty-eight to eleven. They dropped a two and three on the season. Third time this year they've given up forty plus points. I mean, it's tough to see what's happened to that team. Uh, I thought that you know. After last year, and they were amazing last year, I thought they were building a championship program year in, year out. It's good. Coach O's book came out this week before the, yesterday's game. I don't know if anyone would have bought it if it had came out this week. So hate to see that. Um, two and three on the season. They play Alabama next. Maybe they'll maybe they'll rally around against around um, some, oh, let's go Tigers. Uh, maybe they'll pull it together for that one. Not my grandpa Billy's bum of the week. Just wanted to point that out. Are you better? Um, no, just pointing out facts. Okay. Um, Did you grandpa, buy the book? I'll never buy that book. Um, <laughs> my grandpa Billy's bum of the week. I'm just gonna say the Packers. Uh, really like strange loss for them today. Lost at home to the Vikings, 28 to 22. Dalvin Cook just tore them up. He had, he had 163 rushing yards, three touchdowns. He had a 50 yard receiving touchdown as well. I mean, he killed them. And going into this game, this was another game affected by the weather, very windy, cold in Lambeau. Um, and the, for the Packers, you have to know going into this game, they're just going to ride Dalvin Cook. You have to make Kirk Cousins beat you. You know the formula. And so just allow the Vikings to run all over you. I think it's really bad. And, you know, the the Bears lost also. So within the division, they don't lose any ground. But for the one seed in the NFC, I mean, they fall behind Seattle now at 5-2. and two And just feels like the Packers want like they're one of the best teams in NFC, but they have these games too often where they just like lose or get kind of bullied around by these running teams. We saw it happen a few weeks ago versus Tampa Bay. We saw it happen a few times last year. Um, obviously the 49ers had their number when they got like bullied around by the Chargers. They just have these games that are very weird and the defense can't stop anything. So I don't know what to make of this Packers team. I mean, I think they're better than they were last year, but they still have too many of these games where you're just like scratching your head and being like, how are they not beating this team? The Vikings are have been one of the worst teams in the league and felt like they were about to roll over uh, coming into this week. So credit to them and Mike Zimmer for getting yeah. the win. But, I mean, the Packers, don't, don't you agree they just have, like, too many of these games? Yeah, it's bizarre. I mean, the Vikings, you have it, right? They're coming in off a bye. Uh, so maybe they're – and they get Dalvin back. So they're fired up in that sense. But it was a weird game, I think. I threw the Packers into a teaser, just kind of assuming, like, oh, yeah, they'll they'll beat the Vikings, and then, you know, they get punched in the mouth early, and, and that's kind of it. These games, they definitely happen with them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, 49ers and Packers both get stomped on this Sunday, and we'll see what happens in Thursday night uh, if if either team can rebound there. Um, but, yeah, my, my Grandpa Billy's Bum of the Week, as I mentioned during the lock of the week, 
David Njoku, Jarvis Landry, just the Browns receivers ultimately letting me down there. Uh, Tyler, is that is that it? you have anything else for us? I think that's it. So we'll be back this week to preview week nine of the NFL season. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.